Bloodborne, and welcome to the Legendarian Green Team. Today, it's just a sorted episode with two panelists. I am Fan, and I am joined by Befuddled Panda. Hello, everybody. This is Befuddled Panda. As you've probably guessed from the title, we're doing a review slash discussion of Matt Ruff's Lovecraft Country. We'll start with a general discussion with no spoilers, and before going into spoilers, we'll give a proper warning. One of the first things we'd like to say is that neither of us are Black Americans, and so we can't represent or fully understand the Black experience in America, but we can try to. If we say something ignorant or stupid, please let us know in the Discord, and please understand we're speaking here in good faith. Also, if you're interested in Black history, especially in this area and uh, many of the events or things from the book, please let us please take a look at Matt Ruff's website where he has mapped out his research and given lots of resources. So, Panda, uh, how did you feel about the book? Um, so this is my third time reading through it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, even on the third read-through. So, yeah, overall, there are a lot of elements that I really enjoy, particularly the social commentary, and I'm excited to dive into more uh, with you. Are you a fan of horror? I am not. <laughs> uh, I'm. I get really scared, um, very pretty easily. So I. I mean, I've watched The Exorcist, but it was pretty much completely under a blanket, and with all the lights on, with lots of people around me. So horror is really not my genre. Um, yeah, horror is also not really my genre. Although I do love Lovecraftian horror. Uh, I was not as big on this book. I liked the characters and I liked the, uh, uh, the themes and the social commentary and the era. But uh, it was probably because of my expectations. And I was expecting something more Lovecraftian. The, uh, the title can be a little misleading. Um, do we want to go over really quickly the premise of the book? Yes. I was, uh, would you like to do that? Sure, I can do that. So the book is set in 1950s America. So it's the Jim Crow period. The laws are still in, in effect. A young man named Atticus Turner returns home to Chicago after serving in the U.S. military during the Korean War. He had received a letter from his father, Montrose, pertaining to Atticus's birthright from his mother's side. When Atticus arrives in Chicago, he finds his father had already left uh, in chase of this birthright. And Atticus meets up with his uncle George, and they have this discussion about what on earth, where on earth Montrose could have gone. And they decide to go after Montrose. And that's where really the story takes off. Um, one thing to note is that throughout the book, we follow different members in the cast of characters, and they have their own adventures, but there is an overarching plot. Um, yeah, so you gave, you gave the, uh, the synopsis, but really just the first story, right? Yeah. Um, so when it, when it first started, I really was into this, like uh, a guy traveling and he's uh, loves uh, old weird tales like Lovecraft and some old sci-fi and I was totally into that and I liked that a lot and he meets his uncle and they go to this weird I guess everyone we should say spoilers right we're we're going to spoil all these stories uh 
And he finds this weird cult and his father and everything just seems off. And then the guy who brought them there died because he was killed by his son. Uh, and th that was great. And then suddenly that story's over and we <laughs> move somewhere else. And that was uh, a little shocking for me, not, not expected. So how did you feel about the episodic or the vignette nature of these stories? Yeah, the first time I read it, um, the structure of the book took me by surprise. I had this exact same reaction. I was like, oh, this story is really interesting, this first section, but um, it's moving really quickly and like things are wrapping up. So like, what is the rest of this book? And I, when I got to the section, this next section, and it was following a different character, a character, Letitia, that we meet in the first section, but the second section is really just about her um, with her sister. And I was like, this is different. There's, It's not a, really a continuation necessarily of the first section. And so as I went through the book and there was new um, perspective, new setting, uh, I just, I got confused. I didn't know what the book was trying to do. But then afterwards, um, when I reread it and I expected, I knew what to expect of the structure, I was able to enjoy the stories more because I, I wasn't confused anymore. Hmm. Yeah, um, like you and I, I imagine a lot of first-time readers were a little thrown off. Well, the structure itself was one of the reasons why I wasn't as big on the book. Mm -hmm. uh, but... I understand that the structure really gives Matt Ruff a lot of uh, freedom to explore mm -hmm. uh, different Black experiences in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And so I think yeah. that was a good choice. Although I personally, as a reader, I didn't enjoy it as much as... Uh, so what I was expecting was like something, a long, long form Lovecraft story. And Lovecraft mm -hmm. does not do long stories. I think the longest he did was the Curious Case of Charles Dexter Ward, and it was maybe a hundred pages. Mm, but okay. that's my favorite of his stories. Uh, so in, in that way, it's actually more Lovecraftian because uh, he. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he wrote hundreds of stories across uh, in the same universe: the Lovecraft, uh, the Cthulhu mythos, Cthulhu mythos. And so I suppose in that way, it's actually more Lovecraftian than, yeah, maybe I should re uh, reevaluate how I feel. <laughs> well, the other part is, um, and I, I did not know this until I read the book um, the first time. So originally the book was supposed to be a TV show, like it was pitched to be a TV show. And Matt Ruff had the idea of, it being like X-Files, except with if FBI agents, it was this cast of Black characters. And it was supposed to be each episode, like they would encounter a different monster. And then, but it, there would still be this like overarching plot that would be, you know, the season finale where everything came together. So well, after, oh, yeah. Oh, continue. Um, after knowing that, then it it gave me a bit more clarity of what Matt was trying to do with with the book. Yeah, um, that makes sense, and it it certainly feels like a television show. Yeah, it does. Did you ever watch the X Files? Because I've I've never watched it. I only watch bits and pieces because, again, I get scared easily. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> 
I I haven't given it a good hard try to actually watch an episode from beginning to end. Um, well, if we're ready to move on, uh, sure. since we're talking about sections, which section did you enjoy the most? I loved uh, Letitia and the haunted house, the Winthrop house. Um, and then the my second favorite is Ruby's section, where it's like the Jekyll and Hyde um, plot. And the the reason why I really love Letitia's one is because she tames a haunted house. Like <laughs> she is so headstrong and stubborn. And she's like, no, I am staying. You are not going to get rid of me. And it was great. Like I, I wish if I had been in a haunted house in real life, I wish I would have her courage to be able to do what she did. But I know that I would not. I'm too scared. <laughs> oh, that seemed to be a common theme between all of the characters in all of these stories, right? So they they meet up with these uh, otherworldly or even in-world uh, situations, and they kind of they face it practically instead of you know the the normal horror trope where you lose your head and you kind of go mm-hmm. crazy, right? And- yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point because um, in Ruby's chapter, she there are a couple times where she has to evaluate because something just like really bizarre happens, and she's like, I can either go crazy or I can just deal, and she always chooses to deal with it. And I th- I think that was a purposeful choice by Ruff to show uh you know kind of what black americans especially in the 1950s had to deal with because if it's not ghosts then it's people wearing hoods right exactly yeah did you have a favorite section i know you didn't like the book as much but was there any section that stood out to you um so the the two the two sections that stood out the most to me was the ruby section with uh jekyll and hyde Mm -hmm. and uh, what was the other one um Hippolyta, Hippolyta mm, story, mm-hmm. because those two felt the most uh, Lovecraftian to me. Okay. Like Hippolyta, she is really into astronomy, and she likes, uh, you know, going to all these uh, telescopes and talking to people and learning about the universe. And apparently, she actually chose the real name of Pluto, but somebody else got to choose it <laughs> because yeah. I, I like that flavor text and. So she finds a telescope, and at the telescope, she finds like these codes, and the codes send her across the galaxy to a secret house. And she meets people there, and they're like, Why did you come? And we were left here for years and years, and don't come back. And I, I just thought that was really cool because it felt Lovecraftian. That and, section. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, please go ahead. Um, that section, I actually had the hardest time like imagining like seeing it in my head like what that alien world was like and then the Scylla Scylla however you say that the monster that's there mm. um I I'm very intrigued to see because the HBO adaptation is uh is now out um I'm excited to see how they adapt that particular um, story. Yeah, I think I might watch that one definitely. Nice. And my my second favorite was the uh, the Jekyll and Hyde story. 
uh, first of all, because it it also felt Lovecrafting to me, mm-hmm. and, you know, changing bodies and just like otherworldly stuff. But it also gave a really uh, good contrast between uh, Ruby and her black body and Ruby and her white body. It's mm-hmm. the same Ruby, but like the way that the world treats her is just completely different. And mm-hmm. it's nice being in her head when she's she's white, you know. Yeah, and like uh, really getting to see her thinking process, her way of processing um, those differences as well. I think that that was pretty powerful. One of the sections in Ruby uh, Ruby's chapter was her interaction with the policeman, and while she being Hillary interacting with the policeman, it was just so different from her interaction or uh, sorry, like Atticus's interaction with yeah. the police officers. So I thought that was a pretty nice um, touch from the author to give us those different those two views. All right, shall we move on to our least favorite sections? Yeah. I, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, you can go uh, first. I did not care for the section where they're they care about the books at all. <laughs> it's like uh the Caleb Wraith White is his name? Wraith White. Wraith White, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh he's like, Yeah, I need this book and I got your grandma's book and I'll give you a trade. <laughs> And they go on this quest to find the book. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> I just didn't like, like those sections much. Um, I really like the idea of their, what was it, their grandmother or their great-grandmother carrying this uh, uh, this book of, what is it? It's like the debt goes to her. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So she was a slave and she, she worked all of these years and she tallied how much she should be paid after you know she was freed. Mm-hmm. And the interest owed on that amount, yeah. Yeah, that that, that was the cool part. I like that. <laughs> it was like eighty yeah. years of interest or something. Yeah. So those yeah. sections were just yeah. How about you? Horace and the Devil Doll. That was my least favorite. And when I reread the book, I typically just kind of gloss over it. The only part that I really enjoy about that section is the end, where uh Caleb like finds out what Lancaster did to Horace and mm. then they kind of have this um coming together moment like Hippolyta and George and Atticus and everybody and Braithwaite's like I'm gonna I'm gonna get him back and I think mm. one of the characters goes oh so you're gonna kill him and Braithwaite's like no we like we're gonna kill him you know, like pulling them all into his plan. Um, but the rest of that section, I think it's just, I I don't like demonic things. I don't like reading about them. So the devil doll was just, I kind of just gloss over it. Yeah, it felt like a Chucky story. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Um, let's see. Uh, which character did you identify with the most? Or which character did you like the most? Either. Or... Yeah. I think, like, if I were to say identify the most with, it would probably be Atticus um, and maybe Uncle George with their, um, you know, passion for Pulp Fiction. I mean, they're way more well-read than I am in that genre. Um, but the way that uh, Atticus... Uh, when the when one of the sheriffs like 
throws a book in the trunk and the pages get bent and Atticus's reaction to that, like internal reaction, I was like, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> um, but the character I like the most is Letitia. And for the reasons I've said, because she's just so strong-willed and she won't take crap. Yeah, Letitia was cool. And I, I agree. I, it was really cool to see. So I, I didn't care much for a second. Well, it was okay. But I liked that aspect of the section where she's just like, okay, there's a ghost in my house, but you know, you got nothing on me. I'm going to stay here and you can't kick me out. Yeah, and she goes like, okay, you can kill me, but don't you, like, I'm going to come back and haunt you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that part made me giggle. Uh, My favorite was definitely Atticus. Mm. So I think that's a cool name anyway, but... Uh, yeah, he's the first character you meet, and his interactions as a policeman were really eye-opening to me. And just the fact that he was a huge geek and he loved all these old stories, and he gets into a situation and he's like, "I know what's happening about this. I read this." <laughs> and uh, I liked his uncle too, Uncle George, who wrote the uh, safe, safe travel oh, Negro ne- guide, Negro guide, something like that. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is based on the real life Green Book, right? Yes. Yes, safe the safe Negro travel guide. Yeah, yeah. So that that was really one aspect. If we can move on, that was one aspect I really liked about the book was that uh, everything seemed really well uh, researched. I'm mm-hmm. not an expert on 1950s American history, but yeah. from what I've read, uh, all of the uh, things that came up in the book were well-documented big problems during the time. For example, uh, the Tulsa riots and uh, housing problems and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. some downtown. That was, really, that was really terrible to read about. But yeah. if there's... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, so the, but there, if there was one aspect that I think I would like to criticize, uh-huh. it's that... It seemed like everything that these people experienced uh, were things that I've already read about, you know. So I, mm-hmm. I wish there was more things that like I aren't so common knowledge. Okay. And that that's partially probably because it's a white author talking about black problems in the 1950s. But I, I wish there was more. Not that what was done was done poorly, because I think it was done very well. But mm-hmm. maybe something I wasn't aware of. Got it. Yeah. Um, well, you did bring up something, which is Matt Ruff is not black, right? Like he, um, he does come from a more privileged position, mm-hmm. and you know that ultimately does kind of bring up the question of like, is he? Why did he write this? Is he really? Um, is it appropriate for him to write it? And I think part of it is that he. He was crafting human characters, and he mm-hmm. was um, he was portraying the situations that these people are put in and how they react as humans. And I think part of it is that he did do a lot of research. Like he read, you know, a year's worth of the Chicago Defender. And I think that's where he was really able to pull from uh, to make his characters more fleshed out and more realistic. 
their responses, the situations they're put in, the encounters with authority and other white people that they've had. Um, to me, I did feel like there were enough details that he put in that made made the characters more realistic rather than just stereotypes. Um, and I mean, I I really only have gotten you know whatever my public uh, American <laughs> education has taught me um, about you know racism and Black history in America. Um, and so for me, it was more about how the author made the character situations more relatable. And I don't, I don't know if that was what he was trying to do, but for me, it was, I can at least put myself in this character's shoes, feel their tension, feel their frustration, feel their fear. Um, about the situations that you're in, their anger. Like I felt angry <laughs> quite often. Um, as well. Yeah, for the characters. So, um, yeah, that that's how I felt about him writing it. Uh, I I won't say more than that. I, I agree completely, and I think his characters felt real, like you said. And uh, yeah, the thing you have to remember though is it's like we're we're we're, re we're reading about this and we didn't experience this and what we feel is not even a tenth of you know what right actually actually happened right right but i do think that what does help in the situation is our understanding um like being able to better understand once you know um i'm trying to think of like a specific example but maybe the ending is the best example where you know caleb braithwaite his powers got taken away and he's basically um pleading with Atticus to give him his powers back because he's like you know other people are going to come after you like I at least was treating you as a person or whatever you know as like family um and Atticus and everybody else just laughs at him because they're like now you know what it feels like yeah and like we go through this every day like this is not new to us so what you know your protection or whatever you're trying to bargain with like that doesn't really hold up because we've already we've already figured out how to survive um, yeah, on our own not only not only did they uh take away his powers but they made it impossible for him to enter certain areas right mm -hmm. which i thought was uh, really poetic yeah yeah exactly because because braithright uh is a, a white villain and he's not necessarily like racist he's not these people who are going into their homes and like trying to kick them out and doing terrible things to them he's he's actually uh i don't want to say helping them but he's i think he's a villain that represents uh white privilege like uh, a man who can especially rich white mm -hmm. so he can use his money to influence people and get what he wants and because mm -hmm. he's in a power over other people he can control them right so uh one of the things that was we talked about the uh the debt book that their grandmother had and he thought that he could go to this family and say hey you know what i'll take care of all these debts but 
the debts weren't really the important part, right? I mean, it's money's nice, right? But the important part was getting the uh, what's the word acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what well, did you think thought, about Caleb? He thought he was doing them like a favor because he was like, "This is not my debt to pay," and they're like, "Actually, it, it kind of is because it's you know." Um, I'm trying to think of like how to word this, but like, you know, slavery wasn't just an act of one person. Mm. It was the act you, of a whole community. And you all and, benefited from it. Yeah, exactly. So for him to think that he was doing them a favor by paying some other slave owner's debt, it's like, that's kind of low for you. <laughs> like you don't get the point here. <laughs> um. But yeah, like with Caleb, I did enjoy him as a villain. Um, I liked how he was portrayed because he wasn't he wasn't necessarily just like straight up evil. He was very goal oriented and he played all the sides. Like I think oh, he, he did kill his father, right? He did kill his father. Yep. And he's all not, those he's not, not evil. Well, yeah. <laughs> but he he's a bit more um complicated i guess because i i I do think he was genuine in his interest in atticus and the crew and i think he did really feel a bit of a kinship with them because of his upbringing and his father where you know whatever his father says like that's the law he can't contradict his father um and also his father yeah and also, he wasn't taken seriously by the Order of the Ancient Dawn, mostly because of his youth. Um, so if, to him, he felt like maybe he didn't really belong anywhere, even though he was white. Like he, but part of it is his choice because you know he's 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 snobby. He knows too much. He wants more, and he wasn't going to be content living like a normal life. Um, but even though he was, you know, fond of Atticus, Letitia, and Ruby, he was still very much looking out for just himself. And that's really where, you know, he's he's a villain. Like, he's still just going to do whatever is best for him, regardless of the cost. Yeah. Well, um, before we, uh, uh, before we wrap things up, do you have anything you would like to say? Uh, I think the main thing is, well, if if you have not read the book and you've listened to our spoilers, <laughs> um, just going into the book knowing that it's episodic in nature um, hopefully will help with adjusting to the reading experience. There is an overarching plot, so there is a conclusion that ties things together. Um, and then I just, I would recommend, like, maybe reading it once or twice like maybe two times to see if uh, on the second read you glean more or enjoy it more um yeah yeah i'd like to tell our listeners that my uh my three to fives is uh not what i would consider a great score but i will say completely it's only because of my personal uh preferences and that it's, I think, a really good book, and I think the characters are good, uh, and that you should read it if it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if we, after reading Lovecraft Country, are there any of the other books that you would recommend for uh, people looking for things similar? Yeah, so if you're looking for something similar um, in terms of the fiction, the horror, the commentary on racism and social prejudices, I would recommend The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Lavelle. Uh, it's own voices um, and it's a novella and it's definitely got the Lovecraft elements. It's more, it's more close to Lovecraft kind of storytelling than Lovecraft Country is. And it's like while Lovecraft Country is, uh, it's more humorous. The Bla the Ballad of Black Tom is not, um, and it was inspired by uh, the horror of Red Hook, that short story. And then, for nonfiction, I would recommend Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Uh, it was also made into a film. And he does a really good job at conveying the data and the real life experiences of death row inmates and the injustices that they face, especially for those who did not get proper trials. And that was, uh, that is one of my favorite books that I've read this year. Great. Um, I, I would recommend Native Son. Uh, I gotta look up the author. But it's uh, written by Richard Wright. And well, I can't say I enjoyed it. It was incredibly illuminating. Um, <laughs> and I would recommend most people to read it. It probably should be on a lot of uh, fiction required for high school students, I think. Okay. Um, I haven't read it, so I will put it on my list. I'm also going to read The Ballad of Black Tom because I think that sounds really cool. <laughs> and more, more into what I was expecting in this book. Um, so, uh, if we don't have anything else to say, uh, I want to shout out to our uh, producer, Horizon Brave. Thank you, Horizon. And, uh, so... Follow us on Twitter. We've got a oh. Twitter. There's Patreon for the Legendarium podcast. Um, yeah, if you want to join in on the conversation, head over to the Discord server, and you can we can continue the conversation there. I think one thing I'll say is um, because the show is uh, out and there's more uh, there's more attention now on the book, on the show, on the topics, especially with you know our current social environment. Um, there are a couple other podcasts um, that are more relevant. Um, and they are going week by week to talk about the episodes and the different commentary. So one of them is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, and the other one is the actual HBO companion, official companion podcast called Lovecraft Country Radio. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. See you on Discord.